the name that's above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee's gonna bow every tongue's gonna confess come on he's above everything that is named every sickness that is named every disease that is named every condition that is named you name it God can be over it God can come on somebody worship him Somebody shout the name of Jesus. Somebody, come on, somebody claim the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Let's clap our hands and give God some praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It's good to see everybody in the house of God here on this Sunday afternoon. In Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Matthew chapter 10. And as you are turning there, I just want to say thank you to all of those that were able to make it out to all church cleaning on Friday and on Saturday. Um, we were able to, uh, it just happens to be this is our annual thing. We do this anyways. Um, but we just were so excited that uh, that it just it just fell right in time for when church needed to be cleaned anyway. So uh, we made sure that we got all of the chairs taken care of. They've been uh, definitely taken care of. Let me just tell you, we spent a long time, uh, Brother Lavin, did we spent a long time cleaning those chairs. But, but they've been taken care of, and uh, you're sitting on some fresh Holy Ghost-filled chairs. Amen. No. <laughs> And then thank you, Brother Lawrence, for making sure you take care of the carpets. He does that on a yearly basis, and it's a blessing. Get all the junk out of the carpets. And, and uh, I, I already made, up, made a mistake by mentioning names, but uh, thank you to everyone that did come. Uh, the, the Whirlies for coming early and setting up the chairs and making sure that those are there. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. The Bible says, And, and fear not them which are able to kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are more valuable than many sparrows amen God really does care about us do you believe that this afternoon I want to I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject ultimate concern ultimate concern would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands and let's pray that God would take this word that God would use it that God would help us hallelujah come on let's pray in this house I believe that there's those that are Amen. Listening online that this is going to be a message that impacts your eternity. There's others that will hear this in the future. Amen. There's those that are going to leave from this building and tell somebody, amen, about this. I pray, God, that you would use this to the furthering of your kingdom, Jesus. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of God ultimate 
concern. In 1943, a man by the name of Abraham Maslow uh, wrote a psychological paper that we have now deemed Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs and Concerns. This is something that many have written books about his paper, uh, broke it down. Now, I'm not here to uh, give anybody a psychology class, but in this he listed what he sees as the five most common categories of concern for humanity. In one of these levels, it was, it's designed, if you've ever seen it or studied, it's in a pyramid like a food pyramid, that there is a very base level of humanity that is physiological, food and water, so on and so forth. The next tier would be safety. Do I have shelter? Do I have warmth? Am I going to be okay? The third level, he said, was love or belonging, to be a part of something bigger than oneself. Then there is esteem, how one sees oneself. And once that is done and you get to that final level, that fifth level, it's where people step into self-actualization, where people reach their peak, they reach the pinnacle of their human experience. Now, I, I want to tell you here today, this is not a theology book. Uh, this is somebody's best way of defining humanity. Although, in dealing with people, I have seen that this is very accurate. Basically, what this is stating is those that are struggling with one level are too stressed, they are too worried, they are too concerned, they are too anxious to be able to move or to handle the next. For example... Those that do not have food are not worried about whether they're going to write their next book. They're not worried about whether they become the best them. People that are afraid that they won't have a, a, a fire uh, for warmth or shelter are not looking to that next level. They're not so much concerned with uh, how they appear to others. This is why people will steal food when they are hungry. They will break into places when they have nowhere to go. Uh, and as you go down this list, people that are lacking and there are deficiencies in one area, they are seemingly unable to move to the next level because they are too concerned. They are too stressed out. They are too anxious and they are too worried about what's going on around them to move forward in life. Can I just stop for a moment and tell you that this is where a lot of people in our world are living. We have some folks that are only able to live on the base of humanity. This is not to degrade anybody, but the truth is they are too concerned with simply, amen, making sure their physiological needs are met. This is why some folks can only go, amen, from job to job. They can only go, amen, from one day to the next. Some people can only live hour by hour, and, and they don't have a five-year plan. They don't have a 10-year plan. They are caught, amen, at a lower level of thinking 
not because of their their intelligence level i want to put that and make that straight it's because they're worried and concerned about other things in our society we are a nation that is full of concerns and anxieties there is a good portion of our society and and i know of what time i am preaching we are living in a society right now that this is Amen. That this is what is affecting them right now. They are afraid that their uh, physiological needs will not be met. That their health needs, they are no longer safe. They can no longer come together and congregate like we are able to do here today. They are no longer feeling that belongingness. Many are falling into uh, depression and anxiety. But this did not just show up in the last two weeks. In August of 2018, Barnes & Noble, who are the largest book retailers in the United States, announced that there was a 25% surge in the sales of books about anxiety. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States. Anxiety disorders as a whole are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting around 40 million adults, almost one in five people, or roughly 18.1% of our population. Although anxiety disorders, uh, amen, according to our world, are highly treatable, only 36.9% of those suffering even take the time to seek treatment. Just concerning general anxiety disorder, or GAD, it affects around 6.8 million adults in the U.S. That's more than 3% of the country's adults, and that does not include minors. I want to help somebody here today that we are living in a world that is concerned. We are living in a world that is worried, that is stressed out. Amen. In 2020, there are concerns, amen, this last few weeks about something known as coronavirus, COVID-19. But well before that, they have been harping that they are worried about climate change, that we are melting the polar ice caps, that we have allowed too many greenhouse, amen, gases into the air, and, and we are going to eliminate, amen, animal life and plant life. And, and they are concerned, and they are worried, and they are anxious, and they're stressed out that that disease is coming, and it's getting more rampant, and there's no longer treatments because now they're discovering there are super viruses that, that don't respond to antibiotics. And, and then when we go to the tech world, there are people that are hearing about 5G and they are worried about their security and they're worried about their privacy. And, and then you step over to artificial intelligence and people are concerned about how far it will go. They are worried and they are concerned. And then when you look at our world, amen, from a financial standpoint, 
standpoint. The Dow Jones dropped 35% and people's retirement seems like it's crashed and it's gone forever as if this is the first time that it's happened. And people are worried about, will I have enough to retire? Will I survive long enough for retirement? There's economic ruin that seemingly is looming above our nation and people are getting stressed out. People are getting anxious. People are getting worried. People are getting concerned. People don't know how to handle it. Depression is creeping in to our world. That's what's happening in 2020. If you were to talk to individual people, there's different concerns. Some people are looking back over their life and they are concerned that maybe their past will haunt them. They're worried that mistakes that they made, and some people, even when they think about the economic decisions that they've made, and they see that now things are not as good as maybe they were even a few weeks ago. And I want to give somebody some hope. It's going to be all right. I didn't come to preach a doomsday message. It's going to be all right. You look back through history, it's happened, and it goes right back up in a few years. But uh, but there's some people that are so concerned about all these things and they're thinking, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have bought that. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have paid for this or maybe I shouldn't have gone there or maybe I shouldn't have taken that trip. Or, and there's all these things that are going on in people's heads. They're worried about their past and if they look at their personal life, they're looking and thinking, oh my goodness, my my." future is so uncertain this next generation they're they're looking at the fact that that there's there's not enough money in the budget there's a deficit in our nation even before this that social security may not exist but they'll pay into it their whole lives and this next generation has got an entire load of debt that they've got to handle and take care of and they don't have the resources and they don't have the amen the way and the ability that maybe previous generations might have had some might call them snowflakes but the truth is they're concerned and they're worried that there's not enough education for them to be able to make enough money to pay off debts that they did not incrue that came from previous generations. There's people that are looking towards the future saying, I am concerned. But the majority of our world, even if this, neither of those were a concern, the majority of our world, the majority of our nation, the majority of our entire city, amen, in our state, they are looking at their present and they're saying, maybe my past was fine and maybe... Maybe the future will work itself out. But right now they're saying my present is a mess. And people are concerned about what's going on right now. I want us to lift up our hands and pray. Because I've come to help somebody. Concern is not going to win in your life. Amen. I want to help somebody that anxiety is not going to win. Stress and depression is not going to win. When you've got the Holy Ghost, when you've got Jesus Christ, it's going to be all right. Oh, somebody magnify him. People are concerned about money. People are concerned about health. People are concerned about jobs. People are concerned about safety. They do not have a sense of security in this generation and in this hour. But the question is posed beyond all of the temporary, beyond all the here and now, beyond your past, beyond your future, amen, beyond your present and what you're concerned with right now. I've got a question to pose to everyone in this house and those listening online. What about your soul? 
What about the thing that will carry on long after you and I are dead and gone? Long after this world burns and melts with a fervent heat. Long after every concern that we are so, we are so constantly amen, focusing on and stressing about. We worry about what to eat. We worry about what to drink. We're concerned about what to put on. We're concerned about what, what's all going on in our world. But people that are concerned about their bodies getting sick have yet to ask themselves the questions of ultimate concern. Is it all going to be all right when I die? Is it going to be okay that when I leave this world there are only a few promises. It was once said there's only two guarantees in life, death and taxes. You cannot escape either of them. You can only evade one of them. But there's everybody in this room, everybody listening online, has going to have an opportunity. They're going to have an appointment where they meet with God and they stand before him. And the economy is not going to matter. Their health is not going to matter. Their body are not going to matter. Nothing on this temporary plane of existence is going to matter. He's going to look at them and say, did you get your soul washed in the blood of Jesus? Were you baptized in my name? Did you get filled with my spirit? Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, I came to preach to somebody about your ultimate concern. I want to know, is it well with your soul? Amen. Are you on your way to heaven? If everything fell apart today, I know you might be concerned about all these temporary things, but do you have your ultimate concern taken care of? Are you washed in the blood? Are you filled with the Spirit? Are you a new creation in Christ? Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's what really matters. That's what really matters. None of this temporary stuff on earth really makes a difference in the long run. What matters is have you been saved by Jesus Christ? Has your soul been washed? There's so many people that are worried and concerned about the temporary but don't seem to ever consider the eternal. Amen. People that are concerned about all this going on. I want to tell you, amen, we are not down players or doomsdayers. I've already said that. But it should be a wake-up call that no man's promised tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. No man's promised tomorrow. And, 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 and regardless of sickness, regardless of anything else, regardless of any other temporary concern, the question that has to be asked is, have you been baptized in his name? He's not going to ask, did you have a good job? Did you keep your job? Did you have bills to pay? He's not going to ask any of those things. He's going to look. The Bible says, in the book of Revelations, he's going to open up the books. The Lamb, the only one that's able, amen, to open the book. The only one that's worthy to open the book. And he's going to judge man out of the books. He's going to look in the Lamb's book of life. And he's going to look for, amen, a 
birth record. And he's going to say, were you born again? Amen. Not a corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God. Were they born again? Amen. Of water and of spirit. It's an ultimate concern. Amen. It's the one thing that God's concerned about. It's the one thing that God is looking over earth saying, I want to wake up this world. I've got to wake up this generation that there's one thing that really matters. you got to be concerned about are you saved? We're so quick to take care of our bodies. But what of our soul? Genesis 2 and 7 says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Amen. The Bible would later on say that from dust we were taken and dust we will return. But the Bible says God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Ecclesiastes would say that the body returns to earth and the soul returns to God that gave it. And that soul is going to stand before God. Man is a living soul. Amen. We are not like animals. We don't base our entire world off of routine and and instincts. Amen. We have choices. We have willpower. We can make decisions. Amen. We, We have the ability inside of ourselves to make logical decisions. Some people just like to make emotional decisions. But... We have the ability to think. We have the ability to feel. We have all of these things, these faculties at our resources. That's all a component of your soul. But many people, all they see is the outward. All they see is what's going on in the temporary. And I want to tell you, if you were to look at yourself, if you were to look at your hand here today, that is not all there is. This all you see, but that's not all there is. Amen. You might look at me preaching to you here today, and you only see me preaching. You see a physical person. But the words that are coming out of my mouth are, amen, different than just what you see. They're not visible, but they are impacting some part of you. Amen. The words that I'm speaking to you here today, it may not be physically impacting you. Amen. But there's something that's happening, and it's resonating on the inside. I'll tell you what's happening. The Word of God is connecting with your most ultimate concern. It is connecting with your soul, and it's saying, i got to save you. I got to reach you. We need to get our souls saved. And regardless of where you are, we've got to be saved. Matthew 16 and 26 would say this For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I could have preached this message a week ago, two weeks ago. Amen. And, 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 and the, it would still be the same. It wouldn't have to change. Amen. Because there's still a world out there that is looking, amen, to make an exchange. Amen. For their soul. They're, they're not afraid to trade their soul for a couple extra bucks in the bank account. They're not afraid to trade their soul. Amen. If they could just gain a little more time here on earth. They're not, they're not concerned with all of those other things. Amen. They, they're not concerned with the soulish realm of man. They just, they'll exchange. They'll sell. If they could put it on the stock market, they would. They'd invested in other things. Amen. But Jesus is coming by. Amen. To preach the the gospel of the kingdom of God and repentance. Telling people, amen, that God has come to seek and save that which was lost. What was lost? Not the body of man. What was lost was the soul of man. The 
disconnect between God and man. And his ultimate concern is I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Would you lift up your hands and magnify him? Come on, let's pray. In the name of Jesus, let's magnify Jesus. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. There's people here today that you can't wait another moment. You can't wait another day to say, God, I want to make it right. I, I wouldn't wait one more year, one more week. I would say, Jesus, I want to be saved, and I want to be saved today. We must obey the Bible. Acts 2.38, 2.37, they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What have we got to do? Then Peter said to them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the washing away of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus by night and said, Good Master, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that you do except God be with him. And Jesus began to teach him a Bible study because uh, he was concerned uh, with all the wrong things. Uh, he wanted to know, uh, what is your intent? Uh, what is your purpose? Uh, who are you? What authority do you come by? Uh, he wanted to know how you performing miracles can I get in on this is there any investment I can make I just want to know if I can join the club and the party but Jesus said you missed it you think that this is just a religious thing this ain't just a religious thing he said except a man is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God except a man is born of the water and of the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God don't listen to any preacher that tells you all you got to do is accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior they are lying to you. They don't care about your ultimate concern because Jesus said it. Peter said it. Then Paul, finding certain disciples, said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Acts 9 and 2. And they said, We've not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Then my Bible says, How then were you baptized? Why? He was saying, You got to be baptized and you got to be filled with the Spirit. Then Paul, he baptized them and laid hands on them and they got the Holy Ghost they were born again of water and of spirit oh somebody clap your hands and give God praise my Bible would tell me today is the day of salvation you can't wait till tomorrow no man, no woman no child, no young person is promised tomorrow you want to know why the church is here? Not just for a gathering event. They shut the church building down. There will still be a church. I'll tell you why. Because we're in the soul-saving business. Hey, we got a building fund, and it just went up by $2,000 last week. That's exciting. We're going to push for it. But if that was not a reality in our society, guess what we would be doing? We would be praying people through to the Holy Ghost because the church isn't a building. The church is a people. We'd still be baptizing and praying people through because we are the church and we are concerned with one thing. It's one thing that matters. Cannot wait until tomorrow, next week, next year. This will pass. There will be another thing. 9-11 happened. Everybody went back to church. And I'm praying after this is all said and done. Everybody comes to church. I, we, I pray this all done, said and done. We have the greatest revival we've ever had. 
I appreciate the other night, but I did say that one day the church would be having church and the brothels would be closed and the casinos would be closed in Nevada. Can I tell you that the brothels are closed and the casinos are closed and even if we got to meet on Facebook and on live stream, you better believe there's going to be a church. They're going to have to sell their building. We're going to be going from house to house if we can only meet by fives. Why? Because we got an ultimate concern. Not worried about economy. Not worried about all these other things. We're going to do everything we can to be in line with our government. But we're still going to be the church. We've got to make sure we never stop that. There's so many people in this season, let me tell you. I'm just off my notes, but whatever. Let's, let's just have church. I wouldn't get offended in this season. I wouldn't be getting bitter in this season. I wouldn't get mad at nobody in this season. I wouldn't let, some, I wouldn't let somebody in the church, if I didn't shake my hand because the pastor told him not to, to offend me and make me want to leave. I wouldn't let the fact that maybe you can't come to the building because amen, you have certain things offend you. You just say, praise God. I'm going to make my way to heaven because I got my ultimate concern taken care of. We got a world that's anxious, stressed out, worried, depressed, because they got all these other concerns. But you know the answer to all of anxiety? The answer to all stress and all other concerns is when you take care of your ultimate concern. You know why people are so concerned about their health? Because they know they don't know where they're going when they die. They they don't, they, they've yet to ever ask themselves a question. What is after this world? There's professors right now that are asking themselves all the questions they ask their students. What is the meaning of life? There are people that are out of jobs right now that are starting to ask questions that they never have asked themselves. But there is a moment that is happening right now. God is giving us a pause. God is allowing you. People think some people think that that, that all of a sudden God is concerned and God's worried. He doesn't know what's happening. I want you to know God's in control of everything. And God has got a purpose. And the, my Bible says that all things work together for the good of them that love God. To those that are called according to his purpose. At the end of it all, there's going to be a church that is more introspective. That has said, Lord, I made sure it was well with my soul. I made sure. There's going to be people that said, Lord, there was something I was holding on to a grudge. I set it aside because I just wasn't certain about some things. There's some folks that say, I got some things that are unrepented that are going to lay it down today. And there's a world out there that's now asking themselves questions. It's the will of God. You know the answer to all those anxieties and little concerns, trying to stay alive a little longer because you don't know what's going to happen. Make a little more money as if it takes money maybe to get into heaven. Maybe, maybe uh, leave, you know, everybody's concerned about leaving a legacy. Because <laughs> they think the only thing that's going to survive after they die is the books they write or the, or the, or the podcasts they put out or, the, or, or whatever materials and content. But I want to tell you it goes beyond that when you're an apostolic person. When you got it taken care of with your soul, 
We know that this is not all there is. We know that one day we shall meet him in the air. That one day at the sound of the trumpet that Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. It's not a defeated church. It's a triumphant church. And when Jesus comes back for his church, I want to tell you what my legacy is going to be. Every person that I baptize in Jesus' name, every person that I help pray through to the Holy Ghost, want to know what the legacy is going to be when you and I die. We're going to make heaven our home and spend eternity with God. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Ultimate concern is the answer to little concerns. Anxiety, stresses. When it's well with your soul, you can put your trust in God that he's going to handle tomorrow. When you put your trust in God, when you take care of your ultimate concern, when you put your life and your eternity in the hands of Jesus Christ, you don't worry about tomorrow because you know the one that holds tomorrow. Matthew 6 and 30 says, Wherefore if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. What's he saying? After all these things do the unsaved think about. They think about what they're going to drink. They think about what they're going to eat. They think about what they're going to wear. They're so concerned with all these little things. They're wondering concerned about if they're going to make it another week, make it another month, make it another year. They're concerned about all of these other things, economic things. They're concerned about health concerns. Amen. But he's saying if you are, amen, part of me, if it is well with your soul, amen, he says don't be like the unbeliever for your heavenly father knoweth what things you have need of. But seek ye first the kingdom of God we can't ever get that priority out of place we can't allow little concerns to stop us from being so concentrated and so concerned able to taking care of God's business if we take care of God's business he always takes care of our business amen seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you we like to read verses, but I wonder sometimes if we really believe them. Because it's easy to believe them when nothing's going on. What about moments where you're uncertain? Therefore, take no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Our world's concerned about tomorrow. The church should not be. The world is stressed and anxious they are concerned and they are depressed about tomorrow. But as a church, we are not worried, not one bit, about tomorrow. You know why? When you got it taken care of in here, when you got your soul taken care of, when you got the ultimate concern taken care of, when you've been baptized in His name, when you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, when you repented of your sins, when you got your life washed and you are cleansed, and you know that if I died tomorrow, if I died today, that I'm going to make heaven my home, there is nothing to be worried about. There's nothing to be anxious about. There's nothing to be depressed about. Nothing to be stressed about. You can say it is well. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Let's stand all across the building. Lift up your hands and let's magnify Jesus. Just right where you are, lift up your hands.
Church, I came to give you hope. I came to give you hope. Jesus is our hope. He's the anchor of our soul. He's the anchor of not of our body. Not This body's going to go one day. But He is the anchor of our soul. And we know that we've got hope. Philippians 4, 6. I talked about this at family prayer. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful or anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. That was written to a church. That was written to a church. He's saying, hey, if it's taken care of in the soulish realm, don't worry about anything. I, I'll tell you who should be concerned. Our world should be concerned. I'm not trying to be a doomsday, but our world should be concerned about everything. From economy, health, you name it. They should be worried about it all. Why? Because it's not well with the soul. But if you're saved, if you're in church here today, but I want to tell you that you've, if you've gotten your ultimate concern taken care of where you know without a shadow of a doubt that if I died today that I'm going to make heaven my home I want you to know amen that you have nothing to be anxious about my Bible says don't be anxious for anything don't be stressed about nothing but pray about everything because the world stresses out they're concerned and they're worried and they're depressed because that's all they can do they don't have any other answer to it but when you're saved you can pray. You can talk with God. God never promised that he would spare his church from all heartache. Quite the opposite. But he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Well, preacher, does it mean if I get saved that I'll never have any trouble and I'll never have to face anything and no more hardships? No, no, no. In this world, you will have trouble. But be of good comfort. Be of good cheer. Your Father in heaven is watching. Your Father in heaven is watching. I read this story. Many may already know what it is and may already know it. Has anybody ever heard the name Horatio Spafford? That's a cool name. Might name my kid that, Horatio. She wouldn't let me. Horatio Spafford was a successful attorney, real estate investor, who lost a fortune of the great Chicago, the Chicago fire of 1871. Around the same time, his beloved four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Thinking a vacation would do his family some good, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some pressing business at home. However, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was involved in a terrible collision and sunk. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio Spafford's precious daughters. His wife, Anna, survived the tragedy, and upon arriving to England, she sent a telegram to her husband that began, Saved alone, what should I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England, and at one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had struck the Spafford family only a little bit before, summoned Horatio to tell him, that they were now passing over the spot where the shipwreck had occurred. As Horatio thought about his daughters, about all the trouble that had faced him, for some reason, words of comfort and hope filled his heart and his mind. He wrote them down, and they become one of the most well-beloved hymns. And the minute I say it, some folks are going to start singing in their head. 
When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. When you take care of ultimate concern, you can go through the worst trial. My Bible says you'll go through the fire and it won't burn you. That doesn't mean that things aren't burned around you. You'll go through the flood and it won't drown you and you're saved. That doesn't mean you didn't go through the water. Other things might be drowned around you. But you can say, I took care of the ultimate concern and it's well with my soul. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Right where you are, Today, we're not going to have an altar call where we come up to this front, but we're going to have an altar call right where you're standing. Church, I hope this is a sobering message for all of us, but I hope it gives hope to those that are saved. When you know that it's well with your soul, it doesn't matter what happens around you because you know what good God has done on the inside of you. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, that's it. Have a personal altar call right now. Have a personal altar call. If there's something you need to lay down, you lay it down. If there's things that you haven't said, God, I'm sorry, you say right now, God, I'm sorry. If there's things in your life that maybe they aren't wrong or sinful, but you know they've been hindering you, why don't you lay it down right now? If you are stressed and you are saved, I want to tell you, you can begin to pray and say, God, would you give me peace that passes all understanding, that I know it's well with my soul. Everything else might go crazy. But I know, I know, I know. It's well with my soul. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. It is well, it is well with my soul. It is well. Come on, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. That's it, Sister Cookie. Pray right where you are. She was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost last week. I want to tell you, Sister Cookie, it's well with your soul. It's well with your soul. You don't have to worry about nothing. You can pray right where you are and know that God's got you in his hand. God's got you in his hand. Come on, it might have been 50 years ago you were baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, but I want you to know that it's going to be well with my soul. Come on, if you haven't repented of your sins, I want you to do it right now. If you're listening online and you're hearing this and you've never told God, I'm sorry, and you've never repented and said, God, will you forgive me? And ask God to help you change and turn. I want you to do it right now. Jesus, I don't want to live the way I've been living. I want to, I don't want to be the way I've been, God. Would you forgive me? Would you wash me? The moment you do that, I want you to magnify God. Magnify God. Just say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. With the hands lifted, glorify God. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost until you're speaking in other tongues and you know, amen, that the gift of the Holy Ghost has been given to you because you heard speaking with tongues. In the name of Jesus. my soul, it is well, it is well.